Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, let's get into today's teaching. I'm excited for the word that's going to go forth on this night. I'm excited for what God is doing in your life and what God is going to do in your life as we move forward in the things of him. So I'm going to open up with prayer, and then we're going to dive right on into the word of God. Father God, we come now. We give your name glory. We give your name honor. We give your name praise, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for this day that you have made, oh God. We thank you for another opportunity, oh God, to open up uh, the word of God, to open up uh, uh, the word that gives life, oh God. So we thank you for the word. We declare it shall go forth with power, for we know that your word shall accomplish what you set it out uh, to do into the earth and in our lives, oh God. So we declare this word shall take root in our lives, it shall go in as a seed, and it shall take uh, root, and it shall produce fruit in the midst of our lives, oh God. And right now we come against any distractions, anything that will try to pull us away, anything that will try to steal this word, we cancel now. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, we thank you, oh God, that we all, you've given us the mind of Christ, oh God. We thank you, oh God. We give your name glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. This is part 19, Spiritual Warfare Training, part 19. Tonight we're going to talk about uh, attacking, attacking, covenant-breaking, and sex demons. Attacking, covenant-breaking, and sex demons, okay? Uh, so understand that we all know that the enemy wants to break godly covenant and prevent you from getting in godly covenant but we understand that you have the power to break the enemy so again the enemy wants to break godly covenant not only does the enemy want to break godly covenant but the enemy wants to prevent you from getting in godly covenant but you have the power to break the enemy and so divine connections are important because god makes those connections so it goes far beyond just romantic relationships because god connects you with certain people in life because there's something they have that you need and something you have that they need. So, again, I say it time and time again, week after week, God never wastes time nor space. He doesn't do it. He doesn't, he, he's, he's a great manager. So God is the most resourceful manager there is. He can use you over and over and over and over again to accomplish many things in earth, on this earth. He's a great manager. He knows how to make the, the most out of time. He knows how to make the most out of space. So that's why he can use you. To accomplish multiple things in earth this is why when we die we should have we should have been emptied of all that god placed in us to leave on this earth so demons are also aware of your value very understand this very clearly demons are fully aware of your value so their goal is to try to get you to devalue yourself so the enemy wants to try to get you to devalue yourself so therefore you have to know that there is a need for you on this earth so understand everything that god joins together Demons try to pull apart. Simple as that. Everything that God joins together, demons try to pull apart. We understand that. So when you know it's a God thing, then you have to fight back. So you, so understand this. You have all of heaven's defense. I've said most of the time. You have all of heaven's defense on your side, at the tip of your fingers, at your disposal. And so it's one thing if demons came and caused havoc in your life, but it's another thing if you let them get away with it. I'm going to say that again. It's one thing if demons came and caused havoc in your life, but it's another thing if you let them get away with it. So understand, God is not connecting you with the right people only for you to sit back and watch the enemy take it all away. So you have to fight back in the spirit. Understand this. We know this. You are an earthly king or queen, etc., and you have jurisdiction in certain areas on this earth. You have jurisdiction in the area God has assigned you in, where he has you planted at this moment, you have jurisdiction. So there's demons that are trying to fight you for space, trying to fight you for territory, and they have you thinking that they run it. When in all actuality, you run it because you come with the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. He's giving you that juris jurisdictional authority. But some of you have been kind of sitting back, letting things happen around you, going with the flow, and not understanding. You have the power and authority to regulate things. You have the power and authority to bring order to your jurisdiction. You are a king and a queen in your jurisdiction. Not only, that you, not only that, but you are a king or queen in God's government. That's what makes you a king and queen in your jurisdiction. So you, so you have to understand your rank. Some of you are living below your rank, and you're operating like peasants. 
you operating like 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 you have no power. You scooching around trying to get through life. Trying not to get beat. I don't want no problems with nobody on this way. I just want to get through and I want to get back to heaven. And God said, you can't get back to heaven until you do your job on earth. I sent you here to do my business until I return or until I call you home. The only way the enemy can have a home in your life is if you let them stay. So therefore, they have to be evicted so God's glory can move in. And even if they've been, been evicted, they're always going to try to come back. So that's why you can't afford to stop praying. You can't afford to, to, to take time off. And prayer, you can't afford to take time off from God. Because, like I said, when I pray on top of the five God, destroying demonic foundation, how we know the five God, we, we have the, the ability to call down the five God to destroy demonic activity, and, it, and it, it destroys their camp. But the next day, they're back trying to pick up pieces, trying to find a way to get back in. So that's what you got to, you got to come hard every day. You can't afford to take time off from prayer. Okay? And, 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 so, and, and your prayers are important for other folks who are weak. At this time, et cetera, so you pushing them through. And when we're weak, there's others that should be around us that can push us through. So understand. So covenant-breaking demons, quite naturally, hate godly covenant. We understand it. So covenant-breaking demons hate godly covenant. We understand this. So, so they want you to be in covenant with them. So this is why they do everything in their power to keep you in chains. So when these demons oppress or possess people, they may give, give some freedom. But it's a game to them. It's, it's, it's a big game to them. So, so they give, they'll give and snatch away like the dangling carrot. They'll give and snatch away. So covenant-breaking demons want you to want what's not good for you because it allows them to stay around. So therefore, you have to evict them. Okay? And that's why it's even difficult to walk away from something that you know is not good for you. So therefore, you have to be aware of the tricks of the enemy because these demons make wrong feel right and make right feel wrong. And some of you can relate to that. They make wrong feel right and make right feel wrong. So this is why relationship with God is so important. This is why prayer is so critical. We all could potentially be fooled by the enemy if we don't watch and pray because they're looking for an opportunity, any opening to break up what God has set up. So God has released some things unto you that the enemy's trying to hold hostage. So spiritual warfare is the only way to snatch it back. I'm going to say that again. God has released some things unto you that the enemy is trying to hold hostage, and spiritual warfare is the only way to snatch it back. That's why we've been on the series for clearly 19 weeks now, to, to equip you, to train you, to, give, to help you understand your weapons, how to use your weapons, how to use the fire of God, how to use the blood of Jesus, how the angels operate, how you, how you can uh, use angels at your disposal, how Christ operates, God, the whole, the whole order. So that you can understand how your power operates, how your authority operates. So that's why we went through this 19 weeks already to put it all into, into perspective. What the battlefield looks like. What are the sides? How, how, what are, what are the, the rules, etc. So that you can go to war knowing with full confidence, knowing that you, when you go in and knowing that you've already won. And knowing what your rights are. So therefore, you must always be ready to fight back in the spirit realm. And so if the enemy attacks a child of God. The only possible way for you to lose the fight is if you choose not to fight back. That's the only way you can lose a spiritual battle is if you choose not to fight back. So you can't afford to sit back and be silent. You can't afford to, I just want to hide behind the scenes. You can't afford to sit back and just hope. You must have faith and put in the works to show that you aren't going anywhere. You're here to stay. And it's a chess match with the enemy, but we win. So understand this. You are wired for warfare because you came out of God. And so understand this, that the Holy Spirit came to teach you and to guide you and to give you spiritual gifts. That's why we know that the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us gifts. So discernment is something that all of God's children have some of. We all have some discernment. However, you can always pray for it to be increased. So we would be lost on so many levels if we did not have discernment. So it's not a gift that's hard to get more of. You can just go to God. Lord, increase my discernment. Make me more sensitive in the spirit. So the problem is sometimes we just choose to ignore it. So understand, the things of God, watch this now, the things of God are not confusing. Some folks say, oh, this is too much. It's, it's too confusing. I don't get it. This is too much to grasp. The things of God are not confusing. It's demons who send confusion. Demons send confusion. So if they do, then you send the blood of Jesus to flow so that you can send confusion back. We talked about how, how, how when we did the uh, 
in this series we talked about the power of the blood, that the blood is a, is a living organism. The, the blood of Jesus is alive. It's not, it's, not, it's, it's not just for salvation. When we accept Jesus Christ, yes, we're covered in the blood, and when God looks at us, he sees the blood, and we repent, etc. But that, that, But it's beyond just salvation. The blood is a spiritual weapon. So that's why you have to send the blood. You have to speak. Remember how I said your words are spiritual, and, and, and it attached to things spiritual. So you have to speak to the blood to tell the blood what to do. So you send the blood to cover your family. Send the blood to cover your loved ones. Send the, the blood to cover your spouse, your future spouse. You send the blood to cover them. You send the blood to send confusion to the enemy's camp because the blood uh, throws dirt. It spoils the enemy's plans. So you send the blood, and when you send the blood, the blood speaks. The blood literally speaks, and we, we did this entire Bible study on this, how when, when God heard uh, uh, Abel's blood from the ground, it spoke. So we say how even sometimes you don't have to open your mouth, you don't have to say a word, because your blood speaks. Blood is alive. Blood, blood has life in it, okay? So therefore, the blood of Jesus is the ultimate life giver, okay? That's why it, it, it protects us from sin. Uh, when, when God looks at it, he sees the blood, but it also is a spiritual weapon. So that's why when we did that, ser- that, uh, that lesson, we talked about sending the blood of Jesus. You can't afford not to send the blood of Jesus, but the blood won't work if you don't send it. The blood won't do what you don't tell it to do. Again, that's going back to spiritual warfare principles. It won't do what you don't tell it to do. So, so, so again, so when I talk about sending confused to the enemy's camp, that's one way to do it. So demons are on assignment, but so are we. So don't allow a demonic assignment prevent you from carrying out your God-given assignment. Because God's name is in you, and that outranks any attack. God's name is in you, and that outranks any possible attack. Do you understand that? God's name is in you, and it outranks any possible demonic attack. You're above that. You're above the attack. You live above the attack. How do I know you live above the attack? Because you're seated in heavenly places, far above principalities, far above. You're seated in Christ. As we talked about last week, your life, your literal life is hidden in Christ. That's who your real life is. It's in Christ. So, therefore, you outrank the attack. I know the attack feels heavy. Sometimes you feel like, well, I'm getting stretched and what's going on and, and why hasn't this happened yet? Why haven't this manifested yet? Why does it feel like I keep going through the same type of of uh, 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 the process, the same uh, uh, type of thing. See, I'm getting attacked from the left, the right, the north, the south, the east, the west, etc. But guess what? You're not no pushover. You can't underestimate your power. Again, you outrank the attack. You outrank the attack because of the power and the authority that dwells in you. Simple as that. So therefore, you, you can't take your role lightly. Okay? So these covenant-breaking demons' favorite entry point Watch this now. These covenant-breaking demons' favorite entry point, their favorite access point to try to get to you is through illegal sex, which is sex while not married. They also love to enter through your family bloodline, and some of these spirits have been living in your bloodline for centuries when we talk about uh, generational curses. So covenant-breaking demons also love to enter through relationships that were not ordained by God. So therefore, ask the Holy Spirit for instructions before you enter any relationship and even after you're in it because God-ordained relationships still requires God to keep it. Hello, somebody. God-ordained relationship still requires God to keep it. So God is a God of his people. So he's always connecting people together to accomplish various things on earth. So you are living in a lie if you believe you will get through life without God using people to help you along the way. God always uses people. So we need people used by God to help us get to where God is sending us. And the greatest form of wealth is found through God connecting you with the right people on the journey. And so understand this. Demons know this. And that's why they constantly want you connected with the wrong people. Some of you have spent years with the wrong people. You were connected with the wrong person. And so those demons love that because it's a big game to them. That's how they can push their agenda. But when you connect with the right people, then you're pushing God's agenda. And this is why they are always, the demons are always sending the wrong people in the midst of the right people to try to throw you off, to try to confuse you. And it's not even that the people are necessarily bad people, but they may just not be connected to your destiny. They are on a part of God's will for your life. So we understand Satan is a covenant breaker, but God is a covenant keeper. I'm going to say that again. Satan is a covenant breaker, but God 
is a covenant keeper. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 3. Then that's Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. All right, Jeremiah chapter 3, beginning at verse number 6. And it reads, The Lord said also unto me in the days of Josiah the king, Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel hath done? She has gone up upon every high mountain and under every green tree, and there hath played the harlot. And I said, after she had done all these things, turn thou unto me. But she returned not, and her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And I saw, when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. And it came to pass through the likeness of her whoredom that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stocks or wood. Uh, so, so, so we see in this particular passage here, uh, uh, we find God, God was speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. And so Israel had committed adultery against God by worshiping idols and partaking, and partaking in, in sex orgies practiced by the worshipers of these particular idols. So false gods, uh, which were demons, they, they had their own priests who had women servants of these idols who would tempt men to convert to, to these sex orgies attached to this type of worship. So it was a form of worship. So this type of activity still goes on today with sex orgies. You hear about these sex orgies, parties, and all that stuff like that. But 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 the people participating in these orgies today may not even know that they're part they're they're part of a demonic initiation process. When you hear about sex orgies and all that stuff, they don't know. They think, oh, it's just sex orgies, great, whatever, whatever. But they don't understand from from the spiritual side that they're actually being initiated into a demonic uh, kingdom. That 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 and, and and you can go back from this passage right here that shows that that's what it was. It, it was a, a worship. Uh, it, it was a worship to a false god. To an idol, to a to a demon, that's what the sex orgies are, and so and so this setup was very similar to pimps and prostitutes. This type of activity opened more demonic portals on the earth. So sex in itself, help me clearly, sex in itself is not bad, but God intended for it to be enjoyed in marriage. He intended for it to be enjoyed in marriage. So Satan will try to use what God meant for good to try to twist it, but you can change that by walking in obedience to God. And this is why repenting of our sins is also important. So you must renounce what you've done that displeased God, leave it in the past, and move forward in full, complete obedience to God. And so in this passage, God sent the prophet Jeremiah. He sent him to warn the people. But during this time, more false prophets were on the rise, and they gave false prophecies against what God gave to Jeremiah. So the false prophets convinced the people that all was well, everything was fine, everything was just fine and dandy, and that they, continued, they could continue doing whatever they wanted to do, though they were walking in full disobedience to God. Yet God was not pleased. So Jeremiah, he felt isolated because he was given a tough assignment, but God strengthened him. So even you, you may feel isolated for doing what's right, but I assure you that the rewards for your righteousness always outweighs temporary gratification. The rewards for your righteousness will always outweigh temporary gratification, period. So today there's still occult practices, uh, demonic occult practices, in which they try to get young people addicted to drugs so they can prostitute uh, for these demonic organizations. Since God has raised us up as a part of a remnant generation that will usher in the supernatural power of God and walk in great deliverance, we must know what's going on on what type, and what type of portals are being opened on the earth because, again, you have jurisdiction in your area. Where do you think sex trafficking came from? It was demonic initiation, okay, and, 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 and folks are making money off of it. Just like there were folks making money off of folks in, 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 in Scripture for doing sorcery, witchcraft, etc. But it's all demonic. So bad soul ties can cause your entire attitude to change. Okay, so so before I so I, before I even get into that, uh, understand this that that demons will try to use any sin we commit to gain access, and they will even use the sins of those you're connected with, and that's why you have to watch your circle. That's why you got to pray. Can't afford not to pray. And like I said, so bad soul ties. So you talk about creating soul ties. So bad soul ties can cause your attitude to change. It can cause you to act outside of your normal character. 
bad soul ties are not always with bad people, but it can just be someone that's bad for you. So there may be times when you are not with that individual anymore, but you cannot get them out of your mind. This is the result of a soul tie. And contrary to popular belief, soul ties do not even require sex. We're here to talk about just sex, but soul ties don't even require sex. However, sex makes it that much more complex because the two are literally becoming one flesh, as Scripture tells us, in having sex. So this is when your soul becomes tied together with another. So it's like you're bonded together as one. So the soul is simply, we know the soul is the, the, the inner part of humans, that, that's the seat of our human feelings, our desires, our passions, our appetites, and our emotions. That's, that's the soul. So in knowing the definition, we understand what it means when your soul is tied or connected to someone. Again, that's the, the seat of your human feelings, your desires, your passions, your appetites, your emotions. So when we hear of soul ties, as, like I said, it's often referring to sex. However, it can also be formed through close relationships. Okay, so demons try to make you feel a connection to someone that you know you shouldn't be connected to in order to try to keep you in bondage. That's why you got to be set free. And understand this, all soul ties are not bad. There are godly soul ties and there are ungodly soul ties. So good soul ties can be found in healthy relationships with your parents, your siblings, your children, other family members, God-ordained relationships, and the right friends, etc. So they can also be bad soul ties amongst those individuals. And all bad soul ties must be broken so you do not continue in that unhealthy pattern. Because the enemy wants to push that unhealthy pattern in your life. The enemy wants to keep pushing and pushing and pushing that agenda so that you can, so that you can uh, unknowingly push the enemy's agenda. So that's why you must pray first. For, uh, first pray that any ungodly soul tie be broken. So you have to speak over your life and declare that whatever is attached to you that's not from God must leave in the name of Jesus. That whatever attached to you that's not from God, it must leave in the name of Jesus. And so you have to command them to leave. You have to open up your mouth and command them to leave because they will not go just because. So you have to continue to pray and speak that over your life until you see and sense the change. But don't be frustrated. Keep fighting. Keep going because, again, there's some that's been around for a long time. And so you've got to keep fighting because they're like, they don't want to go without a fight. But they will go. You stay persistent. They will go. Deliverance will come into your life. So this is important because you cannot effectively move on until that is, is severed or it will definitely impact future relationships. So it's almost like tearing around bed bugs. They can be very difficult to detect, and they can be a pain to get rid of. Bed bugs can be very difficult to get rid of. However, if it gets on your clothes, it will travel with you and will attach itself to the next place that you lay your head, which is your home. And so the demonic spirits attached to ungodly soul ties attempt to travel with you in an attempt to keep you in bondage and to connect you with someone else, to either keep you going through the same cycle or to cause havoc in the next relationship, whether the person was sent by God or by Satan. So there's some people that you just have to let go because it will cost you far more to keep them around than if you let them go. I'm going to say that again. There are some people that you just have to let go because it will cost you far more to keep them around than it was if you would have let them go. Now let's go to 1 John 4 and 18. And again, we talk about attacking, uh, covenant breaking, and sex demons. 1 John 4 and 18. I'm just building my case to get to the, the main point here. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 18. It's just one verse. 1 John 4 and 18, and it reads, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. So we see here in the morning, it says, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. And we know that fear is a spirit. The easiest way to cast out fear is with love. There's no fear in love. But we know that faith replaces fear. Perfect love casts out fear. So if you love someone, there should be no fear there. Love should come with a peace of mind. I'm going to say that again. If you love someone, there should be no fear there. Love should come with a peace of mind. And the fear of the Lord is a reverence and a respect. It's, love is respect. 
However, when you say you love someone, but you are afraid of them, that's not love. You're fearful. That's not love. And demons will try to get you to stay in a bad relationship by making you think that no one else would want you. And that's a lie from the pits of hell because they want you to stay in that vicious cycle. And so Satan wants you to be afraid to love and to be afraid to be loved because he knows the true power in love. And he knows that God is love. So we all have a deep desire to be, to, uh, to be loved and to be needed. And the enemy tries to prey on that desire and the enemy tries to pervert, pervert that desire. So again, we all have a desire to love, to be loved, and to be needed, but the enemy tries to prey on that desire and to pervert that desire. So you must know that God has the best for you in every area of your life. And it insults God if you settle in any area. It insults God if you settle in any area in your life. You understand this, that there are four types of love, four types of love. Uh, uh, the first love, love is, is, is eros love, eros, E-R-O-S. Uh, and this is that sexual and passionate type of love between a husband and a wife. And this is more of a physical type of love. This, this love this love can be per- perverted, which we see manifested through fornication, adultery, same-sex relations, etc. And this is the only Greek word for love that does not directly occur in Scripture. But, but this eros love is a sexual and passionate type of love between husband and wife. And wife. Like I said, everything God creates, Satan tries to duplicate. So then Satan tries to pervert this by saying, okay, yeah, this was intended for husband and wife, but let me try to get, pervert it by, by causing uh, fornication. Let me try to uh, pervert it by causing adultery, uh, adultery by causing uh, uh, same-sex uh, relations, etc. So, so that's how Satan tries to pervert what, what God intended to be good for marriage. Uh, and then, then the next one, the second type of love, uh, is, uh, uh, is, is phileo. Uh, phileo, and, that, and, that's the, and that's P-H-I-L-E-O, P-H-I-L-E-O. And, and this is that strong emotional love or, or, or love between close friends, a special uh, interest in something or someone. So that's, that's a strong emotional love or a love between close friends. Um, so that's that phileo love, a special interest in something or someone. So that's the phileo type of love. Uh, the third type of love is storge, storge, S-T-O-R-G-E, S-T-O-R-G-E, storge love. And, and this is the type of love between parents and children and other family members. So it's, it's like a familial love, a family love. Uh, like I said, parents, children, other family members. So it's storage, that type of love. Uh, then, of course, we know agape love. Uh, and this is the epitome of what love is. This God, God is this type of love, that agape love. This is not a love based on feeling. It's a choice. And just as God loved us so much, he chose to send Jesus. And God commands us to love our enemies. It's not a feeling. Because clearly, if, if God tells us to love our enemies, we know we don't have no, no type of feelings of like even toward our enemies, but we are to demonstrate the God type of love. So that's that agape love, the God type of love. So that's eros, phileo, storge, and agape, the four types of love. Okay, so let's go to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 through 16. Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 through 16. And again, I say if you have any questions, comments, uh, something you wanted to share, uh, you can hit star six on your phone uh, anytime during the call, star six. All right. So again, Revelation chapter two, verses 12 through 16. All right. So now we're going to kind of get into the climax of, 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 of this uh, lesson tonight. Okay, Revelation chapter two, Verses 12 to 16, it says, And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you. Because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. Thus, you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which which thing I hate. Repent or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. So here we find John's revelation. 
and Christ addressed the seven churches during this time, and it's also assigned to us today. Uh, he addressed it to the angel or the spiritual human leader of this particular church. And this verse that, in, in this particular verse, Jesus let the church of Pergamos know that he knows their works and that they dwell where Satan's throne is. And he referenced where Satan's throne was and where Satan dwells. So in other words, evil was all around the people there because of the great sin that was there and the worshiping of idols. And we may say, okay, well, you know, it's not, not much idol worship going on here, you know, especially in America. There's not that much idol worship. But, but, but see, we understand, sometimes it's not as blatant. You know, I mean, clearly witchcraft goes on, and there are folks who, you know, have these seances and, and et cetera. And like I said, there's no such thing as a good witch. I've seen things like, oh, the great witches' conferences. Oh, we, 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 we push love. We love. We're we're good witches. No, we we just fool. They've been fooled by the enemy, thinking that you can be a good witch. There's no such thing. But they're still pushing Satan's agenda. They're trying to say, oh no, we're nice. We don't judge. We love. No, that's perverted love. It's not God's love. It's still demonic. And so that that's part of Satan's tactic to try to lure people in to push his agenda to still get what he wants. Okay, so there's no such thing as a good witch, good warlock, etc. It's still demonic. Like I said, the psychics, etc. I, I remember the show just come on long, out in medium and all this stuff, and they seem like, oh, so wonderful people. Oh, they're so nice, and they have wonderful, great families, but they still need to be delivered. Psychics are demonic. They can, and we, we talked before about how you can, you can, you know, black magic, you can, you can, you know, demons have power. They know certain things, so that's, that's all psychics doing. They're using black magic. It's not a gift from God. That's a gift from Satan. And so, and, and so I, I've seen before people like, oh, my God, that psychic was right on. Man, they, they, they totally knew. I, I would suggest you go to them, not knowing that all you're doing, that's part of an initiation. That's the enemy sowing seeds. So you went. So then now, now the enemy is sowing seeds. You just gave the enemy access to your life by going to a psychic. You gave them free access to attack you, to have a field day in your life. So, again, it's still demonic. I don't care how nice it sounds. Nice don't mean God. Satan can put, can he, like what I said, scripture says that he poses as an angel of light. He's not trying to, he's not trying to just blatantly just show, hey, I'm Satan, here I am, here are the demons, here we are. No, they want to try to fool folks. And so in this passage, again, uh, uh, make, makes it clear again that there was evil all around them. And understand that, so, uh, so again, evil was all around them. Uh, I said because of the, the, the idol worshiping, et cetera. Uh, and it was so bad, it was so bad in this area. That Satan had set up his throne there and dwelled there. You know it's bad when Satan himself can set up his throne in the city. And so the persecution of Christians was bad there. And Christ commended the people for keeping the faith in the midst of all the persecution, in the midst of all the pain, in the midst of all the trials. God still commended them for keeping the faith. So Satan had gained great, great influence in this particular city. And so understand the enemy wants to gain influence in the place that God has planted you in, but you must walk in your kingdom authority to show that you're the boss. You are the boss. You're supposed to be the boss in your jurisdiction. That's why God planted you there. That's why God gave you jurisdiction. That's why it's not your power. It's the power of God, the power of Christ, the authority of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. That dwells in you as a child of God. And so there's no question that demonic portals had been opened in this particular city. So it's obvious that the church was not fully doing its part. So we see that in verse 14 that Christ had a few things against the church of Pergamos. He said, yeah, y'all were faithful, etc. But understand this, we cannot afford to sit back and pretend that we're asleep when the enemy boldly comes on our territory trying to bully us. You can't sit back and pretend you're asleep like you don't see what's going on when the enemy literally just came on your territory and said, I dare you to do something about it. You got to fight back. It's your territory. God said, what you doing? You ain't no punk. What, what you doing? You got to war in the spirit. You got to shut some things down in the spirit. That's responsibility. What are you here for if you're not carrying out your responsibility? What are you here for if you're allowing things to go on around you? And some things will go, the moment you pray, some things are going to take one. You got to fight. Think about natural wars. Some wars last a year, two years, three years. But you don't stop fighting, but we still see victories along the way. There's different battles, various battles. So don't stop fighting. Don't stop praying. Your prayers are effective. Your prayers are effective. And so in this passage, he also talked about Balaam. And Balaam was a perfect example of a prophet of God going bad for the sake of money and greed. So Balak was the king. Of, uh, he was the king of Moab, 
and he was afraid that the Israelites might destroy him and, and his city. So he called Balaam the prophet uh, because he wanted uh, Balaam to curse the people so that he can defeat them. And Balaam, and Balaam had a reputation as a prophet that whatever Balaam spoke came to pass. At the time, because prior to this, we know Balaam only spoke what God said. Balaam was known to be a true prophet. He only spoke what God said, and when he spoke something, you guarantee it was going to come to pass. And so then Balak was like, man, well, we need to get Balaam on board. And so, and so the man came to Balaam with money as, as though he was some type of soothsayer or that he operated in witchcraft. Cause that's how that that's what I do. Folks go to you know those those witch doctors, et cetera, and oh, I want this to happen, and and I and I want this person to like me, and so then they'll put little try to put roots on and say, okay, what is person, and then they'll do a little black magic and try to get someone to like you. It's demonic, and so they would pay them money to try to get what they want. Oh, I want to get this job, so I'm going to pay you this money to 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 impact the boss, et cetera. Witchcraft, demonic. That's not that's not like praying to God, Lord, open this door for me, Lord, let your will be done. That's a whole different ball. I mean, that's in a demonic realm. And that's what the enemy wants folks to dabble in, et cetera. And, and that's why your words are powerful. And so and so they came to Balaam as though he was a soothsayer. Or they, or that he operated in witchcraft, come with money to try to get him to do something for them. So however, Balaam consulted God. When they came to Balaam, Balaam consulted God and God told him that he said, Look, I can't curse the people because they're blessed. Balak, well, he, Balak wanted, wanted Balaam to curse the people so that he could win the battle. But Balaam was like, I can't curse the people that are blessed. And so then after that, then Balak, Balak, and then Balak, the king, was like, okay. So he sent more, uh, he sent men that were more honorable than the first group that he sent. And they begged Balaam. They begged Balaam to come. Please come. Please come. Please come. Uh, 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 we'll give you anything that you want. They begged him to come. And so Balaam prayed to God. And God said, okay, Balaam, you can go. He, but then he said, but only speak what God, he said, but God told Balaam, only speak what I tell you to speak. And God kept telling him that people were blessed in Numbers 22 to 24. So understand, you can't curse what's blessed. So first of all, you got to understand you're blessed. The enemy may be trying to curse you, the enemy may be trying to, trying to block you, but you have to first realize that you're a child of God, you're a king, a priest, and God's government, and you are blessed. Regardless of what attacks may come, regardless of what your situation may look like, you are still blessed, and you can't curse what's blessed. The enemy may try to attack, the enemy may try to wear you down, but they can't curse what is blessed. And so Balaam, that's what Balaam's, Balaam's look, I can't, I can't curse the folks. I can't just make something up and tell them I'm going to curse them when they're already blessed. And so, and so Balaam eventually... Uh, uh, eventually told uh, uh, Balak uh, how to get the Israelites cursed. He said, okay, if you want them cursed, uh, if, if, if you want, if, if you want uh, the Israelites uh, 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 to be cursed, then, then, then here's what you got to do. He says, uh, uh, it's through continuous sin. And, and, so, and so the stumbling block uh, uh, spoke of, uh, I mean, pretty much the stumbling block he was talking about uh, with, with Balak, he said, okay, uh, send these women. So, so Balak sent these women of Moab to seduce the men of Israel to commit sexual immorality, and to eat foods sacrificed to idols to anger God. So they had these foods, whatever, and, 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 and certain foods that they ate and, and sacrificed unto idols, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so he said, okay, and so Balaam, was, so Balaam gave, gave him the heads. He said, look, the people are blessed, but if you want them to be cursed, if you want, you got to get them to operate in continuous sin. And so how do you get to operate in continuous sin then? Get them to pretty much start operating in sexual immorality uh, and, and get them to eat these foods that, 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 that y'all sacrificed unto idols. Because that's going to anger God. And so some men of Israel then married women of Moab, and, then they, and they were introduced to the idol worship. So see, that's why you say that. That's why Scripture says not being unequally yoked. You can't afford to connect with the wrong person because you don't know what they're connected to. You don't know what's in their bloodline. So that's why you need to be with the one that God has for you. Okay, so, oh, I love them, and I can look past that. I can look past that they ain't really, really saved. I, I can look past the fact that, you know, I mean, they don't really, they ain't really into the church like that. They ain't really, really all the way saved. But, you know, you know, they don't really believe nothing. Or, but, 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 they, but we love each other, and that love, that love can, can just make up for all of that. We can have different religions. The devil is a lie. You, you're being introduced into something because now they're influencing you, and you're being introduced. And I've seen it happen far too often. I've seen folks turn from Christ because of, quote, unquote, loving someone. The devil is a lie. They're being introduced to mess, being introduced to something that's not of God, demonic activity. But, oh, 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 they'll tell you it's good. Oh, they, they, tell, they tell you it's good, Christ conscious movement. Oh, and they, they even to put, they'll put Christ in it. 
to make it sound. You see, Satan is, is very crafty. Again, these are people who have a form of godliness, but they deny the power they are. Oh, positive thinking. I just I just bring in and I just I just meditate and, and I bring it I just I just bring in all my bodily juices and just everything just flowing one and I become one with the universe. You think you become one in the universe, you becoming one with them demons. It ain't it ain't of God, it ain't Christ. Mother Earth, we pray to you. The devil is alive. We pray to you you can't pray to the creation. You pray to the creator. And that's why you gotta be very careful, folks who claim God. Don't 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 be fooled by folks. Oh, I love God. I love God. What God are you talking about? Are we talking about Jesus Christ? The only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. So so again, so we see this what happened. So the, the, these people here were introduced to these Moabites and these idol worship. So after that, so they got married, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was what Balaam told Balak to do, so that Israel could be cursed. In, in Numbers twenty-five and Numbers thirty-one and sixteen. So that's what he did. And so the Nicolaitans that we see again from this passage. Did the same thing. That's what God was saying. Okay, look, I got some issues. I got some problems that's going on over here. These these, these Nicolaitans, I, I I got a problem with them. Y'all y'all been holding the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, and and God said I hate that. And so and so and so and so they tempted God, God's people to commit idolatry and fornication, which was was most often tied to idol worship. It was often tied to idol worship. Sexual immorality was often tied to idol worship. So sexual immorality is one way to open up demonic portals. And this is why we see such a rise in homosexual behavior and acceptance of it in our culture. It's a spirit, period. It's a, sp- it's a spirit. So however, uh, uh, and some people are like, well, it's a choice. Well, some people do make that choice. But it's still a spirit. Some people don't make that choice. It's just a spirit that attacked them. Okay? It's still a spirit. However, homosexuality is only one manifested sexual spirit. That unclean spirit can manifest in many different ways, and that's why thoughts are powerful. So reject the thought of the enemy in your mind and accept the thought of God. Reject the thought of the enemy in your mind and accept the thought of God. And a demonic portal can be opened over a city through something such as sexual immorality. It invites demons in it. Literally, it's like an invitation. It's like you having a party, and you said, okay, all right, I'm going to send an invitation. And so that's like sending an invitation to hell. To say, hey, come on, have a party on my behalf, on our behalf. That's what it's doing, and it opens demonic portals over the city, okay, and invites demons in. So we have a responsibility, the power and authority in us, we have a responsibility to overturn demonic systems set up in our God-given territory. You have a responsibility to overturn demonic systems set up in your God-given territory because, again, it's trying to block you from moving forward in the things of God. It's trying to keep folks around you in bondage. It's trying to keep your family in bondage, etc. And so understand this. There's three main areas the enemy loves to attack the body of Christ in heavily. Of course, he attacks in all types of areas, but it's three that he tends to attack in heavily. Finances, health, and relationships, finances, health, and relationships. He loves to attack in those areas because he, that's sometimes that's some of the easiest access he gets. Um, and when I say relationships, I'm talking about intimate relationships and with family and friends. And so understand there are demons working against you trying to steal your peace, trying to steal your joy, and trying to prevent you from getting to who and what God has for you. So understand the enemy tries to attack your desires. Watch this now. The enemy tries to attack your desire to love and to be loved. But you must hold fast to the promise of God. So if you know God's love, you will not accept anything that's beneath God's love. If you know God's love, you will not accept anything that's beneath God's love. If you know God's love, you will not accept anything that is beneath God's love. And demonic spirits will attempt to get you to go for less than what God has. And understand this. God's love attracts. God's love. And if you're considering someone, we talk relationships specifically in this, this aspect, if you're considering someone whose love doesn't come close to what you know God has, don't entertain it. That's simple. Don't entertain it. Save yourself some trouble, some heartache, some headaches. Okay, so now I'm going to get into two, two specific uh, spirits when we talk about these attacking these sex demons. Uh, and, I, and I've touched it on in the past Bible study, etc., but we're going to go through it again. Uh, so, so we have the first one is called incubus, I-N-C-U-B-U-S, known as the husband spirit, incubus, I-N-C-U-B-U-S, incubus known as the husband spirit, okay? And this is an evil spirit 
that lies on persons, and, and some of you, 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 you've experienced this, and you didn't even know what it was. Um, this is an evil spirit that lies on persons in their sleep and one that has sexual intercourse with women while they're sleeping. Demonic sexual attack, uh, it, demonic sexual attack on females is what this particular husband spirit or incubus spirit does. And it may be caused by sexual sin, how to get access. It can be gained by sexual sins, uh, witchcraft spells, curses of lust, inherited curses, so that's generational. Uh, it, it can even attack children. And it's an unclean spirit that defiles you in the night. In the night. And so it, it feels like you're actually having sex. It feels real. Some, some, some of you who have experienced it, you actually uh, 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 climax it. You woke up and it felt real. Your heart raced, you're panting, and like you actually just had sex because you did. It was, but it was a demon that was doing it, that was doing it to you while you were sleeping. And there are some occult activities who practice who they actually summon these demons. There are, there are, are demonic occult practices that they will summon these demons for these orgies and to have these experiences, but not realizing what it's actually doing to their lives. And then the second one, uh, is, and they work hand in hand, is the succubus demon. Uh, and this is known as the wife spirit. That's the S-U-C-C-U-B-U-S, S-U-C-C-U-B-U-S, succubus spirit, which is known as the wife spirit. And it's, it's the same thing. It does the same thing. Uh, that the husband spirit does, but this demon is, uh, assumes the female form that has sexual intercourse with men in their sleep. And understand, so these, these spirits can show up in your dreams, and they often may come as someone that you know. They won't necessarily look like a demon. They, they can, they're going to look like somebody you know. They'll take on a form of someone that you know. It could be someone that you've had some type of feelings toward. It could be some random, you know, but, but they'll, they'll take on that form. Uh, and, 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 and or someone even someone that you fantasize about. And so the demon mare works with the incubus and succubus demons. They work with the husband and wife spirit. And so this demon can cause dreams of sexual content coupled with those evil spirits. And the dream itself is called a nightmare. We heard nightmare, but mare is actually a demon. M-A-R-E is actually a demon. And that's, and that's how they try to, that's how they get access, try to get access to your dreams. And so these sexual spirits are tormenting it can feel as though you're being molested for some people. Some some people are woken up with, with bruises, et cetera. And look, this is not this is not some fantasy thing. It's documented stuff. People wake up with bruises, et cetera, because they don't know what's forced. I know someone who told me the story about how they, they would they would know when it would come. They would try to come to room and and, and they and God even opened their eyes, they were able to see it, but of course they were delivered from it. But it it it, it, it was attacking them since they were younger because it was something generally it was something that was on their bloodline that gained access to them. And I, too, had to deal with uh, a wife spirit that, that came since I was a kid. I fought that thing. I didn't know what it was. This woman always kept kissing my dream and doing this all stuff in my dream. I didn't know what it was because as a kid, how you know that? You know what I'm saying? But after I grew older, got more mature and, and, and got revelation, recognized, oh, hey, that, 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 she, she was with me for a long time. That, 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 that spirit was with me for a long time. They didn't even know it was a spirit. Okay? So, but that, because it was something that was on my bloodline, it was something that was in my generation. My, you know, it was a generational thing, generational curse, okay? And it had to be broken. She had to be evicted out of my life. And so, and so some of you have experienced that, okay? And so, and so it needs to be evicted out of your life. So now you know, so now you can pray against it and command it to leave in the name of Jesus. And so, and so, and so I said, so these, these, some of these spirits sometimes is tormenting. Uh, most attacks are at night. And the, the individual may feel uh, you may be awakened by fondling hands. Uh, caressing hot lips and the tongue like you may actually feel you actually kissed, and other forms of lust-inducing stimulation. And every kind of abnormal and deviant sexual experience can be generated by these evil spirits, which are unclean spirits. And they deal with married couples too, because there's some folks who are married who, who, who heard the stories where, you know, they'd be dreaming about having sex with someone else, right? Sleeping right next to their spouse and having a dream with someone else, because that's that husband or wife spirit that's trying to, again, they're covenant-breaking demons. That's what they do. They, they, and they want to steal from you. And so they feel they have rights to. There's some of them, who, they, like I said, some of you may have had this spirit in the floating around since a kid because they feel they have rights to you. And they, so they feel they have rights to steal from you. They literally feel like they're married to you. And so why does this happen? Why, why do they, how do they come? Where do they come from? Um, it, it happens because of an open door. It could be through masturbation, sexual abuse, reading or watching pornography, internet sex, sex outside of marriage, not taking control of your sexual thoughts. Your house being out of order, something in your bloodline that had nothing to do with you, but they gained access because of your bloodline, like I said before. And so the spiritual husband and wife, they feel they're in covenant with you. So they feel they can steal your, your actual husband or steal your actual wife that God has for you, feel they can steal your money, etc. 
And so they, 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 they will they will open doors to try to bring other invite other demons in. They can they can invite all type of demons. They can invite the spirit of depression, the spirit of suicide. They can invite the spirit of poverty, the spirit of all types of things they can invite, the more room that they get. Okay? So that's why but we have the power and authority to evict them, to cast them out. Self deliverance. You have the power and authority. But now that you know that, that dream them dream you've been having but having sex and thinking that oh, oh that was so girl I had a dream and man I had a dream last night but so I don't know what I can okay. That was a demon. Period. You know it didn't come from God. It was a demon. Who 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 was looking for an open door to get access to you, to steal from you, to torment you. To I mean these demons can I mean they can they can mess up your career. I mean they they can cause so many things to go on a downward spiral all because they gave you some type of access. They would try to mess it all up. They would try to bring it all down to, to make room for even higher, more higher ranking demons to attack. And so I say it's not always that it's something that you did. It could be something like I said that came through your bloodline, but because you're the curse breaker, now you know. Now you can do something about it. And so, and so with that being said, again, these spirits, this husband and wife spirit, they're very jealous because they feel you belong to them. They feel that you belong to them. And these spirits do not want you to get married. And if you do, they try to set you up to where you marry someone where they, where they can continue the, the same cycle. So they try to set you up with somebody. They want to play matchmaker. Like, okay, let's tease them. Let's get them linked up with this person who ain't really from God, who's not the one God ordained for them. They try to keep the cycle. And they try to bankrupt you emotionally. They try to bankrupt you spiritually. Sometimes they will let someone get there. Sometimes they will let, let someone get money. They'll get, they can get money. Uh, if they're in, they'll let someone get money if they're in love with it, just so they can invite the demon known as Mammon. You remember said the scripture said you can't love uh, serve God and Mammon. So so that Mammon is actually that's a spirit as well, demonic spirit. And so spiritual husband uh, also causes uh, spiritual husband also causes fertility issues in women. If you have difficulty having this, so you can't have child this and that. That's re- result of a spiritual husband. Yes, and sure do they have. Medicine, yes, God bless folks, you know, certain medical, because it does something to your body. So there are certain things that, you know, can do certain things to your body, et cetera. But these spirits cause fertility issues. So if you've ever been told you won't be able to have kids, that's an attack on your body by a spiritual husband. And the spirit wife also deals with the male genitalia. So, again, we have power over these spirits. You're not a bad person just because these spirits attack. I was attacked by, by, by a spirit wife. You know what I'm saying? So that's just what it is, an attack. And you can do something about it. And just because a demon attacks does not mean that you did something. Oftentimes, it's because of what they're afraid you will do to them. They recognize who you are before you recognize who you were. They recognize as a kid who you were. They saw it on you. They didn't know all the details, but they knew, oh, I see what this, I would try to block this. They tried to get you to take, they tried to take you out a long time ago because they never wanted you to get to this point. And so they've been exposed tonight. They're being exposed tonight. They're being exposed tonight. And so don't be a surprise if they don't try to come at you tonight. But again, not exposed. Now you can fight back in the spirit because now they're being exposed. And now they're losing ground already. Just by, by them being exposed tonight, they're losing a footing in your life if they have been attacking you in any way, shape, or form. Okay? And so, and so lust can produce more than just sex. Lust is a desire, a long, and a craving for something that is forbidden. Then let's talk about masturbation. Some people believe that masturbation is okay, but masturbation is still sin. It's still sexual immorality that is a direct result of lust. And when you actually look up the word self-abuse, if you look up the word self-abuse, masturbation is one of the definitions, self-abuse. And it began to show up in, in the dictionary as a synonym in 1728, way back to 1728. When you look up self-abuse in many medical dictionaries, the word masturbation will come up. Well, certainly most, most people who perform, you know, they, you know, when they masturbate are, are not attempting to abuse themselves. But even though it's temporary pleasure, it's really just serving as a substitute for sex. So it's like abusing yourself because you can't have what you truly desire at that moment. Then we talk about oral sex. Again, oral sex is yet another substitute for sex. This is still sexual contact that should be avoided when not married. So every sin begins with a thought. And sometimes you may have a thought from a past experience that triggers it. And you may smell a cologne or perfume that reminds you of someone in the past and a number of things that can trigger it. And the enemy will even use those triggering things to try to get, get you subconsciously to go back to a certain place. You may have moved on consciously, but subconsciously. Remember how we talked about how 
even as you like even if certain experience you may have as a kid or certain experience you had in out of relationships, whether it be intimate, whether it be family, friends, etc., your 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 conscious mind can make a decision that I'm moving forward in this direction. This I'm not believing this anymore. But your subconscious mind can form its own opinion. And so your subconscious mind can say, No, no, we're gonna still believe that we're gonna still wanna we, we still we still attached to that person. We still we still we still way back there. Even though you're moving on physically and you feel you're moving on, subconsciously it could try to fight against your conscious mind. And so that's why our mind must be renewed because the enemy will also try to play on your subconscious. Okay? Uh, let's go to our last passage, first Corinthians six. First Corinthians six. Verses 15 through 20, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 15 through 20. Again, 1 Corinthians 6, verses 15 through 20. All right, again, 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 20, and it reads, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who join, who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So we have to understand that, that though we're here on earth, our bodies don't belong to us. It belongs to Christ because when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he paid the ultimate Christ for us. So when we accept Christ, we no longer belong to ourselves. Our bodies belong to Christ, which is why we're also known as the body of Christ. The body of Christ. Our bodies belong to Christ. And that applies physically and spiritually. And as, in the church as a whole, we're the body of Christ. As I said, but as an individual, we are also the body of Christ. So we're the body of Christ. We cannot just do anything we want with our bodies. Your body belongs to God, not you. And if you recognize that, you would know the gift that you truly are. So if you have sex with someone, the two of you become one. So would it be good to take Christ's body, which we have, and attach it to a prostitute? Absolutely not. Would it be good to take Christ's body and have sex with someone who's not your spouse? Absolutely not. The two of you become one flesh. We're joined to God which makes us one spirit with him. And this is why we have to flee or run from fornication. Every other sin is committed outside of our body, but fornication is sinning against our own bodies because we are the body of Christ. So that's why ungodly soul ties must be broken. And demons are looking for a free attack, so do your best to avoid giving them access for a cheap shot. And not only are our bodies the body of Christ, but our body also serves as the temple for the Holy Spirit that's within us. So we have such a precious gift in us in the Holy Spirit until we would not want to attempt to commit sexual sins knowing such a powerful gift is in us. And if the sin is committed, sincere repentance in God to God is needed. So don't beat yourself up about what happened in the past, but repent to God and look forward to the joys of the future. And you are more than able to overcome every trap of the enemy. The enemy has power, but you have more power. The enemy has power, but you have more power. And so before I end, we're going to do some declarations, some deliverance and renunciation of sexual sins. Of course, it's usually at the end of Bible study. If you're not saved, this is your opportunity again that Christ came and you may have life more abundantly. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Christ came and you may have life and have it more abundantly. So I don't want you to leave this Bible study if you're not saved. If you're not saved, we want to pray with you to, uh, to accept Christ. If you're ready to accept Christ into your life, uh, if you haven't accepted him, this is your opportunity. Send an email to info at decorygreen.org. Uh, we can uh, uh, certainly uh, walk you through that uh, salvation process. The second call, if, if you've been coming to Bible study, and et cetera, you've been on and on and on, you know that the Holy Spirit is leading you and saying that I'm your pastor. No matter where you are in the world, I know you all come from all across the U.S., but no matter where you are, if, if the Holy Spirit is leading you that I'm your pastor, I'm your spiritual covering, et cetera, uh, you can also send an email to info at decorgreen.org or membership. You can also send it to membership at decorgreen.org, and we'll get you through uh, that uh, that process, that membership process. Um, and so as we continue to move forward in the things of God, and of course, also get me prayer requests. Uh, you can send it to info at decorgreen.org. So I'm excited for this kingdom movement uh, as we continue to go from glory to glory, faith to faith. We're moving forward in the things of God. Uh, and again, you're hearing this sound again. You're not going to get this everywhere. 
so don't take this word lightly. You got to go back and study, 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 study to show yourself approved. So, so you got to go back and read it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. A lot of you, this is too much that was covered in one night. You just say, oh, it was a good Bible study, but you got to go back and study, listen to the replay, etc., so that it gets in you, so you have a, a grasp, so that you can then go and help others. You can then go and pour into uh, others uh, what you've learned and what you've experienced, etc., because, again, you have power and authority. You have jurisdiction in your area, and God expects you to uh, carry out the kingdom mandate for wherever he's assigned you on your job, your community, your home, etc. Uh, before we uh, end with some declarations here. Um, and then uh, Minister Deschamps will uh, close us out in prayer. Um, if you don't know Minister Deschamps, she's our uh, Associate uh, Minister of Upper Room Kingdom Church. So we're going to uh, go over some uh, we're gonna uh, some uh, declarations. Uh, this is from uh, Prayer that Routes Demons book uh, by Apostle John Eckhart. Uh, it's a number of different prayer declarations. Um, and this one is the deliverance and renunciation of sexual sins. Uh, so I'm just going to say it, and you can kind of you can just repeat after me. Um, and again, I have the notes, so you you'll be able to have this uh, declaration, so you can uh, read over, over it for yourself and declare it over yourself uh, in your private time. So you just repeat after me. I renounce all sexual sin that I have been involved with in the past, including fornication, masturbation, pornography, perversion, fantasy and adultery in the name of Jesus. I break all curses of adultery, perversion, fornication, lust, incest, rape, molestation, illegitimacy, harlotry, and polygamy in the name of Jesus. I command all spirits of lust and perversion to come out of my stomach, genitals, eyes, mind, mouth, hands, and blood in the name of Jesus. I present my body to the Lord as a living sacrifice. My members are the, body, are the members of Christ. I will not let them be members of a harlot. I release the fire of God to burn out all unclean lust from my life in the name of Jesus. I break all ungodly soul ties with former lovers and sexual partners in the name of Jesus. I cast out all spirits of loneliness that would drive me to ungodly sexual relationships in the name of Jesus. I command all spirits of hereditary lust from my ancestors to come out in the name of Jesus. I command all spirits of witchcraft that would work with lust to leave in the name of Jesus. I take authority over my thoughts and bind all spirits of fantasy and lustful thinking in the name of Jesus. I cast out all marriage-breaking spirits of lust that would break covenant in the name of Jesus. I cast out and loose myself from any spirit spouses and spirits of incubus and succubus in the name of Jesus. I cast out all spirits of perversion, including Moabite and Ammonite spirits of lust in the name of Jesus. I receive the spirit of holiness in my life to walk in sexual purity in the name of Jesus. I loose myself from the spirit of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I overcome the world through the power of the Holy Spirit. I am crucified with Christ. I mortify my members. I do not let sin reign in my body, and I will not obey its lust. In the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. So now Minister Sharp will come and uh, close us out in prayer. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together. Father, we thank you for the gathering of the saints, God. 
we look forward to Monday nights, Father, because we know that a word is going forth that we can't just pick up just anywhere, Father. So we thank you for the privilege and the honor. We thank you for calling us from out of darkness into your marvelous light, God. We thank you for the word that went forth on tonight, God. We pull down, we cast down all sexual perversion, Father, or any spirits that are holding us hostage, Father, from standing up and from walking in what you called us to walk into, Father. Your word says that who the Son has set free, he is free indeed, Father. So we stand tonight against the enemy, letting him know that his time is up in our lives, Father. We will not tolerate his presence anymore, God. I ask that you will send warring angels to war over your children tonight as they sleep, Father, to cast down any strongholds, any generational curses in the name of Jesus. Father, you are raising up an army of generals, Father, and we stand tall. We accept the call on tonight, Father. I ask that you will just let your anointing flow from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet, Father, that you will put fire in our mouths, Father, as we go forth, that others will inquire of this God that we serve, God. Let not our living be in vain, Father. Help us to walk out our call, Father. Help us to walk it out with boldness and not be intimidated by the things of this world. Let us be the light shining in darkness, Father. We know that the enemy is a liar and he's a thief. And a thief is never legal. I don't care what doors have been opened, Father. He is illegal. And so we bind him right now, and we send your fire to disintegrate him, to destroy him, to destroy his work, God. We ask that you will locate every contract with our names on it and destroy those contracts, Father. We thank you for your son, Jesus, because of his sacrifice. We can see you again, God, and we're looking forward to that day. But in the meantime, Father, you've asked us to occupy. You've asked us to allow your Holy Spirit to work through us, Father. So we open ourselves up to you. Use us, Father. We are available to you to be used by you. You be glorified in every aspect of our lives, Father. If there are any areas that, have not, that are not glorifying you, Father, bring those areas to our attention, Father, and correct us right now, God. We stand willing to be corrected by you, God, so that we can be used even the more. We thank you for the man of God right now. We send the fire of God to surround him, Father, to fortify his mind, to quicken his spirit, to stir up the gifts that are within him, our leader, God. We lift him up before you, God. We're saying please download, download even the more, because the more that you download into him, the more that he's downloading into us, God. We thank you for a leader with a pure heart, with pure motives, God. Reward the man of God even the more right now. And we ask that you will add to this church daily. In the mighty name of Jesus, may this prayer take root and not be uprooted by the enemy. In the mighty name of Jesus, it is so. Let the body of Christ say, Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Minister Shop, for the prayer. Amen, amen. So, again, that's all we have tonight. So, remember that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. This is Apostle Green signing out. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. See you next week. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.